Come on and worship. Come on, come on, come on, come on. My, 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 my. Come on, I hear you. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Because my worship, my worship, my worship, my worship, my worship. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Because my worship, because my worship is for real. My worship is. Ooh. Oh God, because my worship. My worship. Oh. And they got nothing to do about what music or singers. Come on, but because my worship. Oh God. Oh, that sounds so sweet. Come on, come on. Let's keep saying it. Because my worship. Because my worship. Because my worship. My worship is for real. My, 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 my. I'm trying to get out of here. Because my worship. Because my worship. My worship. My worship is for you. Come on to clap those hands real good. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Clap those hands real good. Real good, real good. My, 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 my worship. Come on, stand with your Bibles, your phones, your tablets. Stand with your word. Because my worship. It's for real. Journey with me to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Because my worship is for real. I've been through too much not to open up my mouth and acknowledge him. I've been through too much not to lift my hands. I've seen too much. <laughs> I've heard too much. I, I've experienced too much. In fact, some stuff did not happen. That's why I lift my hands in worship. Because my worship. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun. Moses is assistant and he said Moses my servant is dead therefore the time has come for you to lead these people the Israelites across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them I promise you what I promised Moses this is so good wherever you set foot you will be on land I have given you from the Negev wilderness and to the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north from the Euphrates rivers in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west including the land of the able to send against you as long as you live. Get this you all. Catch this promise. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Is a good word for discouragement, but be strong and courageous. <laughs> Come here, Joshua. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land I swore to their ancestors. I will give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not de deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything that you do. Study the book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so yet you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I want to preach from this morning from the topic moving forward. Moving forward. Father, we thank you for your presence and your power that's already in this place. This is electrifying in here, Father. And so we pray now in the name of Jesus that you will be glorified and honored, Father God, that as we 
pull our seats up to the table with our fork and knives ready to dig into what you have to say father we don't want to get so excited about the main course that we miss the appetizer father god for you have a full course meal for us today and we want it all Thank you for your word. We bind every distraction. We bind everything that would try to interfere our minds or cause us to lose sight of your word, Father. Right now, everything else does not matter. Right now, your word matters. So we give you our full attention in our hearts and minds. And it's in the strong name of Jesus we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. As you're taking your seat, just reach over and tell your neighbor or two and say, hey, I'm moving forward. Let's move forward together. Let's move forward together. Let's move forward together. Let's move forward together as my childhood pastor the late pastor Presley White Jr. would say I had to use my sanctified imagination imagining the context of everything here that's happening in Joshua chapter 1 that picks up in Deuteronomy later on in the chapters when Moses realized that his time is getting ready to come to an end he brings out Joshua before the people. And as Moses brings the Joshua out before the people, he lets them know that he is going to be the one that's going to take you over into the promised land. I love it because there's so many lessons that we can be able to learn just from that. I'm going to touch on just for a little bit. I can't say that too long because we won't get to the main thing that we got for today. But Moses, is, Moses realized, he realized that his time was coming to an end. Why did Moses' time come to an end, Pastor? Because the Bible lets us know real clearly that Moses had deliberately disobeyed God and certain instructions that God had given Moses to be able to do. He's in leadership and he's leading a rebellious group of people that forget what God has done for them that they will cry out to God when they need help but as soon as God gives them what they need and their bellies are full and all this great they go right back to complaining and wanting to be able to go back to slavery imagine for a second you're Moses you're leading these people and you're trying everything that you can to please them you're trying everything you can to be able to lead them and by what God is saying but they find any and everything to be able to complain and cry about the Bible says the Bible says that he, they were led by a they were led by a cloud by day and a pillar of cloud by night that God was so intentional in making sure that they had what they needed even though they wandered in the wilderness because of their disobedience and unbelief for 40 years they wandered in the wilderness and the Bible says they never outgrew their clothes what kind of diet plan is that because I need it right now help me Jesus that over the course of 40 years God fed them from manna from heaven that he sent down he sent down food from heaven to be able to feed them and they never ate so much that they outgrew their clothes but their clothes grew right with them got frustrated they wanted some water and God told Moses hey 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 if you want water all you need to do is speak to the rock but the Bible says Moses struck the rock God got mad God got mad you're taking out your frustration from the people and doing what I've told you to do you've allowed oh my gosh you've allowed your frustration to cause you to disobey me I did not tell you to strike the rock I told you to speak to the rock why did he want him to speak to the rock? Because he wanted the people to be able to see how God would show up and meet every one of your needs. But by him striking the rock, it includes Moses doing something when all he had to do was speak and God would show up and perform. So he tells him, Moses, you've been good, sir. But your time is getting ready to come to an end. You will not take the people over into can you imagine being fired by God that after you have given decades of service to a rebellious group of people and what has been the what, what should have been the mark of your career of your retirement God says hey you ain't gonna make it doc you're not gonna be able to take the people over Moses understood where he had dropped the ball he understood the error of his ways so he brings out Joshua before the people and he blesses Joshua before the people and the people know that this is the one that is going to lead us to the promised land Joshua at this time is not some young guy some th commentaries say that Joshua is 96 years old as he takes on the reign 
At 96 years old, if I'm still alive, I plan to be retired on some beach for the, without a shirt. Amen, amen. I want to be on some beach without a shirt at 96. Amen. So I got to start working now so I can be able to be on the beach at 96 without a shirt on, Jerry. Don't laugh at me. Amen. I might, I might go ahead. I'm already going to be a retirement elder, Williams. I'm going to go ahead and give me some implants and have wavy, nice hair while I'm on the beach with no shirt on. 96 years old, Joshua comes on the scene, and he follows, he follows after his great pastor. He follows after this great leader. Can you imagine from Joshua's perspective how intimidating this is? I'm coming behind the one. Before Pharaoh won't say, let my people go. He's coming behind the one that he saw leave the people, cross the Red Sea, and water rose up on both sides. Moses appoints Joshua with great confidence in saying, you're the one that has been graced for this time to take the people to the next place. Moses closes his eyes and dies at the age of 120 years old. Joshua chapter 1 opens up and God makes it clear he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. God understands people. He understands they've been rolling with Moses for a long time. People are hurt because their leader is gone. They honor him. They celebrate his life. There's a time of mourning. There's a time of, 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 of grieving that they have. And now as they enter into this next chapter of their lives, because you have to understand the generation that Moses has started off with leading have now all died out. It's a brand new generation now that Joshua is having to take on the ham to be able to lead over into the promised land. God makes it clear from the beginning, Moses, my servant, is dead. So in other words, now is the time for you all to move into the next chapter that I am writing for an entire nation. He lets them know your grief, your grief, your grief, your moment of grief, your moment of mourning is not over because now the energy that you gave towards grieving and mourning is now needed for you to be able to cross over to the other side. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now it's time for you to move forward and to go towards the things that God has for you. I got a question to ask you this morning. What is it that God is challenging you to move forward in? What is it that God is challenging you in saying that your time of grieving, your time of mourning, your time of complaining, your time of whining is over, that now it's time for you to go forward. I love it because God paints the picture and allows Joshua to know that going back is not an option. All you can do right now is go forward. I know you've seen Moses do great things. I know you've seen me work through Moses and do great things, but there are even greater works that you will begin to see in Joshua's leadership as you move forward. So yes, you can pay respect to the past and all that has happened. You can have some stones and build a memorial, but now it's time for you to move forward. What is it that God is pushing and challenging you in and saying to enter into this next chapter of your life and to see me do some amazing things that you have never seen me do before. Here it is. Let's jump right on in there. Amen. We're not going to be in here long, especially next Sunday, because Giant City opens back up on Friday. Amen. So we want to make sure that we beat the crowd there on next Sunday. Here it is. Here it is. If we are going to move forward, saints of God, please hear me when I say this. You and I have to courageously accept the challenge that lies before us. Because the truth of the matter is this, moving forward will never come without a challenge. 
Moving forward would never come without obstacles. The moving forward would never come with rethink do I really want you to do the second verse two Moses my servant is there therefore therefore the time has come for you to lead these people the Israelites across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving them now is the time for Joshua to be able to courageously respond to God's invitation in moving forward by saying yes in other words Joshua really doesn't have a choice he got to say yes He's the one that God has graced for this moment. He's the one that God has assigned for this moment. He's the man that God has called to be able, minister man, to lead Israel over into their next. Here it is, saints of God. There is never without a time in our lives or in our world that God, that God is trying to figure out who am I going to use. There may be a shortage in education. There may be a shortage of workers at Popeye's. There may be a shortage of workers down at Finish on Car Wash. But there are not a shortage of people in the economy of God. God always has somebody, a ram in the bush, that he desires to use to get you to your next. You don't know who they are. You don't know where they live. But there is someone that God has assigned over your life that he wants to use them to work with you, to lead you into the next level and the next thing that God wants to do in your life. And we will miss the next in our lives because we're afraid to take on the challenge you can be afraid to accept the challenge I can go back and my mind can reflect over 10 years ago I remember being in the office with Pastor Barnes and him having a conversation with me and letting me know that he was getting ready to leave and he was going to share with the church and the board that he wanted me to be the interim pastor and the next phase to lead us as we look for a new pastor I was excited in that moment saints of God in the office because everything that I have desired to do since I was three years old now that vision was coming to a reality I was pumped that first Sunday Reverend Williams is entering past I was excited took a lap around the church that Sunday but then one Sunday was over real pastoral issues began to arise <laughs> real decisions had to be made now I'm second guessing hold up This is different than being downstairs in the basement of my parents' house. There was nobody but me and my niece. I was the pastor. She was the assistant pastor. She was the morning widow. She was the usher. She was the church mother. She was the choir director. She was everything I needed her to be. We used to make, uh, I would use her stuffed animals, and I would use the cooler as the coffin. And I would set everything up. We had flowers on top of it. And she would follow at every funeral, fell out every time. I had to catch her. She fell out. Sometimes she'd go for it. Sometimes she went back. But I caught her every time. I caught her. I didn't let her hit the floor. But there were challenges now that were presenting themselves. But I'm second guessing. Is this really what I want to be able to do? You can never move forward in anything and it not be without challenges. You can never embrace or go into anything new in your life and think that there will not be any challenges at all. There are challenges that await you if you stay where you are. There are challenges that await you if you move forward. But the good news of the text is God is there waiting for you, waiting to do in you, ready to build within you, ready to work within your life. If you would just submit and say yes, Joshua now has to courageously accept the challenge to be able to lead Israel. Here it is, saints of God. Here it is. Here it is. And we encourage you, don't be afraid of the unknown and uncontrollable challenges. He's leading Israel into something, into somewhere they've never been before. They've heard about a land flowing with milk and honey, but they ain't never seen a land flowing with milk and honey. They've heard stories and testimonies of how God used Moses to do great things. I told you, this is a brand new generation now. They haven't seen those things. And it is our humanity that will kick in, that will cause us 
to be afraid because we don't know exactly what we are walking into. There's a humanity on the inside of us that will shrink up and shrink back and think to ourselves and second guess and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe this is not God. Maybe this is not something that I should be doing right now. And we have to be so careful, saints of God, that we discern when it's faith and caution and when it's fear. We have to be very discerned of ourselves to know when we are using faith, when we're using fear as something, as a tactic that we use for ourselves to cause us to miss what God wants to do. When the Holy Spirit is speaking to us to lead us and guide us and to direct us, we have to know the difference between faith and fear. We have to know the difference between God's force. We have to know the difference between the leading of the Holy Spirit and when our fear is trying to creep in and take over. So don't be afraid of the unknown. I know you may not know exactly where it is. I know you may not know. I know you may not understand fully what God is doing. But if you would just accept the challenge and trust him and believe in him, God will lead you into the next level that he desires for your life. If you would just Trust him and believe him. God will lead you. God will guide you. God will direct you. Yes, you may not know everything. And I know for those that are control freaks, that drives you absolutely crazy. I get it and I understand. But we have a God that knows the end from the beginning. He knows the middle. He knows how it starts. He knows what's going to happen in the middle. And he knows how the end is going to come. But it's up to us to trust him with the unknown. believe that he has everything under control and not just being afraid of the unknown but even uncontrollable situations challenges that are go beyond our capability of what we are able to handle and do but yet still we trust him. Joshua is having to trust God with an unknown and not just with the unknown of his life but as he lead a million people that's looking to him for direction looking for him to have vision Looking for him to have strategy of how to be able to get to where God desires for him to be. Don't be afraid. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Don't be scared of the, un of the unknown. Don't be scared of the uncontrollable challenges. Just trust God. Look at your neighbor again. Say, neighbor, trust God. Trust God. Trust God. Trust God. Hit, hit, find another neighbor. Say, neighbor, trust God. Trust God. You have to 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 trust God. You accept the challenge and you trust God. You put one foot in front of the other and you trust God. You believe on God. Joshua is at a point in his life that's very critical that he has to pull his full weight on God in order to be able to move forward here it is let me get out of here real quick thank you Dr. Lane I just said this so that you can say that here's the second thing here's the second thing saints of God that the text allows us to see that if we're going to move forward we have to take comfort in knowing that we're not moving along oh man we're not moving along Oh, man, look at this. Look at verse 5, y'all. Look at this. Look at this. He says, he says, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Oh, my goodness. What sweet words that that had to been to Joshua as he's hearing and knowing I've accepted this challenge, but I'm scared. I'm nervous. I'm unsure of what the unknown is going to be. I'm unsure about the different challenges that await me and how I'm going to handle those things, but God knows knows what's on his mind and he sends a word to let him know Joshua I am going to be with you just as I led Moses just as I guided Moses just as I just just as I took Moses to where he had to be I will do the same for you in fact he is it by saying I will not fail you and I will not abandon you he shares this with Joshua he tells him repeatedly to be strong, to be, to be courageous, to not be discouraged. And God is someone that when he repeats and says things over and over again, there's a reason behind him saying, maybe there's some insecurity in Joshua. Maybe there's some uncertainty in Joshua. Can I tell you something else? Maybe there's some insecurity in us. Maybe there's some uncertainty to us that God has to send his word to remind you that I'm not going to allow you to talk yourself out of what I desire to do in your life in this next season. So I'm going to have the 
word and encourage you with the word and give you the word. Every time you say something, I want to tell you, be encouraged, be bold, be brave. Every time he came up with something, God had a word to be able to share with Joshua that I'm not going to allow you to miss this moment because this moment is not just about you, but there are other people's lives that are hanging on your yes. There are other people's lives that are waiting for you to step out courageously and do and be what God says to do and be. And he gives him the word. He says, hey, Joshua, come here. I'm going to be with you, sir. Every step of the way, I'm going to be there. He says, I'm not going to fail you. I'm not going to abandon you. You have the certainty of my presence that just as I was with Moses. Here it is. God's committed to us. But are we committed to God? God shows his commitment. It's right there. He says, hey, I'm going to roll with you like I rolled with Moses. I'll be there in doubt. I'll be there in insecurity. I'll be there in discouragement. I'll be there in depression. I'll be there when you're low. I'll be there when you're not sure. I'll be there when you're second-guessing yourself. He says, I will be there just as I was with Moses when he said that he could not go and talk to Pharaoh because he stuttered. He said, just as I was with Moses in helping him in his moments of insecurity, I will be there with you as well. God is committed to us, but are we committed to putting our lives in the hands of God, our futures in the hands of God, and say, God, here's my life. God, here's my future. Whatever you want to do, do it. Can I tell you something that's scary? You don't know what mountains God would bring, you, bring, bring to you. You don't know what challenges awaits that he does not text and say, hey, storm getting ready to come. You think it's a sunny day and all of a sudden it just pours down and starts raining. He says, I'm committed to you. But just as I was committed to Moses and Moses was committed to me, I need you to be committed to me as well and to trust me with every fiber of your being that I am going to, I am going to empower you to be able to do what I've called for you to do. I need you to have as much confidence in me than you do yourself in knowing that I will equip you to get the job done. Here it is. I like this right here. We have his powerful presence. We have his personal presence. And we have his permanent presence. Oh, I like it, 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 I like it. Let me say it again. We have his powerful presence, we have his personal presence, and we have his permanent presence. I can only imagine how Moses felt. I can only imagine what was going on in Moses' mind as they were running, and he had all these people running behind him as they're running from Pharaoh's army, and he takes his staff and uh, says, you take your staff and you put your staff down, and they watch water rise up on both sides. And he walked an entire nation through. And when they came through, the water came back down and drowned up Pharaoh's army. Can you imagine? What a powerful moment of experiencing God's presence. Can you imagine God becoming so real that he speaks to him and tells him exactly what to do? Can you imagine what it was like to see that when the water rose up on both sides, God did not leave, but he was right there as a whole nation? Oh, man, y'all don't believe the Bible because, listen, we don't have to live in the Bible to be able to experience God's powerful presence, his personal presence, presence and his permanent presence. Listen, you can experience that right now. In, in fact, somebody can testify and say, Pastor, when I've been scared and almost wanted to quit, there was something that rose up on the inside. God, Pastor, when I had to take a test for school, when 
tell you something, saints of God, that's the blessing of having a relationship with the risen Savior, that he is with me everywhere that I go. We have his powerful presence, his personal presence, and his permanent presence ready and available to us. But here it is, saints. You ain't going to shout on this one. His personal, powerful, and permanent presence is best revealed in low moments. You're not reading the text. The text says, Brother Ben, God tells Joshua, in moments of uncertainty and insecurity, be strong, Josh. <laughs> be brave, Josh. Be courageous, Josh. Be bold, Josh. Be courageous, Josh. He's coming to him in moments where he is low because it's in those moments of an uncertainty and when we are low where God's powerful, personal, and permanent presence is best revealed. i never forget Carrie a few years ago, about four or five years ago, she had a procedure done on her eye. First time ever going under the knife surgery was like that. We couldn't be in the room. Totally freaked me out. They had to give her anesthesia. The doctor had already told me, Mr. Swims, you can go back there with her. And I'm getting ready to go back there with her. And, and the nurse stops me at the door. I said, hold up. Don't put your hand up. The doctor already said I can go back there with her. She's three years old. She don't know none of y'all. She's never had anesthesia. I'm going back there with my baby because... I don't know what may happen. I don't know y'all. Y'all don't know me. Put your hands on me again. I'm calling my sister to come up here and get you. She says, sir, I, I, don't, I don't know what the doctor may have told you, but I, I said, ma'am, you call the doctor up right now. He told me I could be able to go in there. Upset. Furious. I mean, I'm mad enough to curse. I'm just so mad because, hey, you're stopping me. She did not, she didn't know anything, oblivious to everything that's going on. And she's getting wailed away on this cart. And all of a sudden, a hymn comes across the station. Playing the songs, it is well with my soul. In that moment of frustration, in that moment of anger, the words said that a hymn calmed my soul. And as I was getting ready to freak out and, and go off, in walks my mama through the doors. God's permanent, powerful, yes. and personal presence yes. became revealed in a low moment. What low moment have you had? In fact, let me go back. What low moments have you had? where God became so real. Where a certain station would never play a particular song, but it came on that day. That, that, that you got a text from someone saying, hey, you just crossed my mind today. God, powerful, personal, and permanent presence is revealed in low He's not giving an out for Joshua to lead the people. He's not allowing him to out-talk himself out of this moment. He's realized, hey, you got to move forward. You've been graced for this. My hand is upon you. I'm with you. He gives him everything, but then he leaves them with this one thing. He lets them know that if you're going to move forward, Josh, there has to be a complete, consistent, reliance upon my word. Look at verse 7. He said, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in all that you do. Verse 8. Study this book of instruction continually Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you, only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. 
In other words, he's telling Joshua that for you to successfully take the people forward, you cannot lead them, guide them, or direct them without consistent consultation from my word. He says, you cannot, you cannot move forward without a consistent diet of the word in your life. He lets them know that you won't be able to do much successfully if there is not a continual meditation upon my word to help you be successful in life. Because he's telling them everything that you need to lead these people. I know them. You may not know them all the way. In fact, you do. You've seen how they've done Moses. You know what you You already know what you have right now. But he's letting them know that the way to be able to deal with the people is going to be in my word. He says the way to be able to move forward it's going to be in my word. The way to be able to handle the unknown and uncontrollable challenges is going to be through my word. Saints of God, why are we trying to move and make moves and navigate our lives and our necks without seeing what God's word has to say? Why are we navigating life off of what someone has written in the book? That could be good wisdom. That's great. Take it as a resource, but have the word of God as our main source to lead God and direct us. Why are we paying a life coach $2,000 and we have the word? Not knocking life coaches. They have their place in their role. But I have his word. And they're saying the same thing and changing words around that they said in his word. He's letting Joshua know that complete, consistent reliance upon my word is what is going to help you and allow you to be able to take the people forward. You need my word to get the wisdom that you need to be able to lead God and to direct the people and saints of God. Whatever next we're moving to, however we're moving forward in our own personal lives, in our family lives, we need the word of God. God, I know it's old school. I know it sounds repetitive, but this is the church, amen, and we want to be disciples of Jesus Christ. We need the word of God. We need to consume the word of God. We need to study the word of God. We need to read the word of God. We need to hear the word of God so that we can be able to apply the word of God. And look at what he says. I'm not making this up. Look at what he said. He said, look at it. Only then. Will you prosper and succeed in all that you do? Succeed through the challenges. Succeed through the unknowns. Succeed through the uncontrollable challenges. Everything that you need, he says, is right there in the word, Josh. It's right there. He says, I'm giving it to you. Because I know what the unknown looks like. You don't but I've given you my word to be able to navigate through it. The story ends, not really ends, but if you look at verse, look at verse two, it says, most of my servant is dead, therefore the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River to the land I am giving them. So they make preparation to go, but there's something that's standing in their way. And what's standing in their way is the Jordan River. Bible says the Jordan River is overflowing with water because it's harvest season. And it's just full and filled with water. First week on the job, Josh. Your staff is about a million people. 
you've walked with Moses, you've been with Moses for a very long time, you've seen some stuff, you've heard some stuff. Now you're up next, you've been graced to do this. And what's stopping you from crossing over is an overflowing, continual flowing river of water called the Jordan River. What do you do, Josh? Do you resign <laughs> and leave the people at the river? Or do you remember and recall the words that God had already spoken over your life and remind yourself of the promises that God has given you by saying, just as I was with Moses, so I am with you. That's why scripture memorization is real good because in moments where in, 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 in moments when life gets crazy and hard, it's good to be able to pull that word back up to remind you. He remembers the word of God. And because he remembers the word of God and does not act out of fear but act in faith, God gives him a strategy to be able to move forward. Let me say this real quick. If you wait for the right conditions to move forward, you will never move forward. If you're waiting for everything to line up, it will never line up. If you're waiting for everybody to be on board, they'll never be on board. You have to make a decision. Either I'm going to stay where I am or I'm going to move forward. Either I'm going to stay where I am or I'm going to embrace and accept the challenge and realize that God's hand is upon my life and that he has empowered me and equipped me to do what he has called for me to do and keep going forward. Here it is. Let's go, to, go to Joshua chapter 3. Y'all got to see this for yourselves because it just it blows my mind. I love it. I love it. I love it. Joshua chapter 3. We're about to go. This is so good right here, though. It's so good. It's so good. I got to take my time on this. So good. So good. So good. So... He, 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 he rallies the people together. Joshua chapter 3. God, I almost lost it when I read this. I like this in verse 7. And this is going to bless somebody because it blessed me. It says this. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Go back. Go, go, go up. Verse 6. So Joshua doesn't allow himself to respond in faith. God gives him a strategy. Verse 6 says, in the morning, Joshua said to the priests, lift up the Ark of the Covenant and lead the people across the river. So they started out and went ahead of the people. Wait a minute now. This is insane. This is crazy. Wait a minute now. I just told you that they have to, what's standing between them and the promised land is a body of, a body of water called the Jordan River that is just continuing to have water flow, overflow in it, and that's what's stopping them from getting over. The last thing you need is some preachers and an ark. You need some construction workers that have worked in with, with water. You need some plumbers. Joshua's strategy is to get the priests to hold up the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant represents the presence of Jesus, the presence of God. So he tells them, let's get this, look at the instructions. He tells them, you priests, you preachers, y'all go and y'all keep the Ark of the Covenant high up. And you go before the people. The people are told that you stay a thousand feet away from the Ark of the Covenant. We don't want you to get too familiar. We want you to recognize that it is holy. But get this, I love it. There's a challenge before them, but uplifted high is a reminder of the presence of God. So the presence of God is there to remind them no matter what your challenges may look like, no matter how crazy overflowing the water is, all you have to do is look up and remind yourself that God has already gone before me, that God is already there. I don't have to look at my challenges or not. All I have to do is keep my eyes on God. And as I keep my eyes on God, my faith is being encouraged. And the more my faith is being encouraged, Courage, the more steps I begin to take and trust him and rely on him on God. That ain't it. Don't shout yet. Don't shout yet. He says, Now, 
before the people. Verse 7. Oh, God. The Lord told Joshua, today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. And I am with you just as I was with Moses. Y'all missed the shout. My goodness. Y'all missed it. Okay, let me help you. Here it is. You think your challenge is about you. When in fact, it's not about you. God is using you as marketing and PR for himself. That's what he's doing. The challenges on your job, the challenges at school, God is using your life so that other people can be able to see not how great you are, but how great the God that you serve is working in you. Okay, 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 okay. Pastor, make it make sense, okay? When you walk into work tomorrow, I know it's already Monday. Oh my gosh. Uh, 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 uh. You walk in there and you keep your head lifted up and remembering that God has already gone before you. When you walk into that class tomorrow, forget your professor. I know they may be great. They may be watching right now. We thank God for you. But forget your professor. You keep reminding yourself and you keep your eyes on God. I know they've done you dirty. I know they said some stuff. I know jokers have been working behind the scenes. But because you have walked by faith and not by sight, because you've kept your mouth shut when the Holy Ghost said, be quiet they will see how great God is in you and when they see how great God is in you they will say oh my gosh this must be one of them kingdom kids right there this must be one of God's kids they will see just as God was with your mama just as God was with your daddy just as God was with big mama that God is going to be with you what are you saying pastor Swift? the challenges that you are facing today are making you great for tomorrow the challenges that you're going through the day are making God big in your life so that the world can be able to see and recognize the great God that you serve. That ain't it. Look at verse 8. Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the base of the Jordan River, take a few steps in the river and stop. So Joshua told the Israelites, come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Today, you will know that the living God is among you. He will surely drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Habites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Pesazites, ahead of you look the ark of the covenant which belongs to the lord of the whole world will lead you into the jordan river did y'all just see that did y'all just see that listen okay holy ghost help me say it okay you and i don't have to fight for something that's already ours. Elder Williams, we don't have to have a crab mentality trying to get our way to the top. Okay? Why? Because y'all... Today, you will know that the living God is among you. He will drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Havites, the Amorites, the Jebusites ahead of you. Y'all missed it. What are you saying, Reverend? I'm beyond my time. I got to get out of here. What are you saying, Reverend? God will set the table for you. And when he sets the table for you, I don't get happy. When he sets the table for you, Everybody that needs to be at the table will be at the table, including yourself. 
I don't have to fight. I don't have to lie. I don't have to push. All I have to do is stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And God will open up doors. God will move people. God will do what is necessary to get me to the table. Why? So that others will know that there is the living God before us. That's not the shout. That's not the shout. Look, 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 look. Verse 12. Now choose 12 might men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. Carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. So the people left the camp to cross the Jordan and the priests who were carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. It was harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its bank. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge. I love this church because we get happy off the word. The water above that point began backing up a great distance away from a town called Adam. And the water below that poured flowed down to the Dead Sea until the river bed was dry. Do y'all get what I am saying today? That man said, hey, there's something that's standing before us to keep us from where God wants us to be. And because they did not fear, but they acted in faith. And get this, they trusted leadership. Oh my gosh. They trusted leadership. And because they trusted leadership, as soon as the priest's feet touched the water, the water dried up. Here it is. We can either stand and see the miracles of God or we can step forward and participate in the miracles of God. The moment, Sister Preacher, and they step forward to experience God doing This was the generation, Brother Ryan, that had not seen this before. Their ancestors had, but they saw God do a miracle right before their eyes. Don't let your challenges crowd out God's presence. How high are we making God? How high? Because I, I, I got to put him. I got to put him up high enough within our reach to keep my focus on him. Because if I keep looking at my challenges, I'm getting discouraged. I'm going to quit. I'm going to stop. But when I realize his presence has already gone before me, it's a sense of assurance. And when I act in obedience, in faith, God does a miracle. And get this, y'all. God could have done it without them. <laughs> they have to use them. But he wanted them to be a part of the miracle that they would experience. Don't talk yourself out of experiencing a miracle in your life just because it's hard. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but work is hard for you. Work is hard, work is challenging. But they're going to know and see. That person serves the living God. When you want to give a piece of your mind, Holy Ghost is causing you to shut up, shut up, when he tells you to shut up. Because he's fighting for you. He's, 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 he's fighting 
for you in rooms that you're not even in. He's fighting for you in conversations that you're not even a part of. Every time it gets hard, don't shrink back. Move forward. When you see a challenge, don't shrink, shrink back. Just move forward. Keep yeah. going. I don't care if it's like, you know, almost when you're getting ready to get in the tub and you're trying to see how hot the water is, so you put a little foot in a little bit. If you got to do that a little bit, go ahead and do that, but just keep going, keep going. Ease on in there. And keep going, because going back is not an option. You got to keep going. You got to keep going forward. You, you got you to you keep moving forward. Because in you moving forward, God will do a miracle. You ain't got to fight. You ain't even got to curse nobody out, huh? You ain't even got to be nice, nasty. God will fight your battle. Who am I talking to this morning? You. You're on the edge of seeing miracles. You're on the edge. We're on the edge of seeing miracles. And all we got to do is keep going forward. Keep going forward. God, I don't know. Keep going forward. God, I'm scared. Keep going forward. I got your presence before me. Keep going forward. God is challenging. Keep going forward. God, you already know. Keep going forward. We're on the edge of miracles. And if we obey, we will see miracles that those before us had not seen before. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I'm done. Can you imagine what these priests might have thought? This new leader is crazy. Telling us to get the ark. Telling us to go first. What if we get drowned in the water? I can't swim. But they obeyed. They obeyed. And they went. And as they went, water that was there as he put their foot in and followed the instructions it dried up it dried up and a slew of people millions walked over we're on the edge we're on the edge of a miracle and I know it has been tough. I know it has been challenging. But you're on the edge of a miracle. I know if you want to give up, and I applaud you for not doing it. I know you've been, it's been a fight on the inside because you just don't think you measure up. You don't think you're good enough. You don't think that this is what you should do. You're on the edge. Just as God was with Moses. He's with you. He said, I will not fail you. I won't abandon you. But be courageous. Be brave. Be bold. It's been challenging. But you're on the edge of a miracle. It's been challenging. The church is navigating through COVID and trying to make this decision, do this thing and do this and be right here and go here and do that. And people are not coming back to church and this and that, and that. But we're on the edge of a miracle. 
because I made up my mind. I'm not going with the church I wish I had. I'm going with the church I got. And we're moving forward. Go on. Go on. Why? Because we're on the edge of miracles. New faces. New people. Coming because of what Jesus is doing in 400 East Main Street. It's been challenging. It's been rough. It's been tough. But we're on the edge. I want to pray for some people today. I feel God in here this morning. It's been hard. It's been challenging. But you're on the edge of a miracle. If I'm speaking to you, make your way to this altar real quick. Make your way to this altar right now. It's been hard. It's been challenging. And that can encompass whatever context you have, work, home, yourself, life, and whatever it is, meet me at this altar. Don't be ashamed, don't be afraid, don't be scared. If that's you, just come, just come, just come. 